Well, hello and welcome back to Big Questions, the podcast. It's great to be back for another season. My name is Miles Caday and um, even though we can't record in person, we are speaking over Zoom. I'm here as always with my co-host, Elliot Kern. Elliot, great to be here with you, mate. Yeah, it's great to be back for another season. Look, we're all about big questions um, and there's no point faffing around and, and, and you know, introing and stuff like most podcasts do. So let's just get straight into it. But before we do, I, I'll introduce our first guests for um, the first episode of Big Questions, season two. Uh, Andrew and Jacob, great to have you on the show all the way from Perth. Yeah, thanks for having us. Perth isn't really that far. <laughs> Look, it depends how you're traveling, I guess. On the, in the scheme of the universe, it's not very far away, or even the world. But look, um, you know, it's the uh, the chilled out state. I think it's the most isolated city in the world, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it's good to be here, yeah. uh, Miles. <laughs> Great. It's exciting <laughs> to have two guests together for the first time. Mm. That's a bit of a development for us. Oh, really? So we've got a quad quadruple number of people here which is just going to make things tricky to not speak over each other but we'll we'll see how we go so let's get straight into it and hit question one question one so it's the ultimate apocalypse scenario and this one comes in from wendy marriott so thank you for uh, sending in that question wendy your choice what is the ultimate apocalypse scenario and i think it is only appropriate that we start on this note given the coronavirus age that we live in but the suggestions that Wendy sends in, and, and I don't think of this as a particularly limited field of options here, but we've got zombies, we've got an AI uprising, we've got like a nuclear plague, um, we've got an actual plague, we've got aliens invading, and we've got like solar activity kind of, you know, destroying us all. Andrew and or Jacob, what is the ultimate apocalypse scenario? Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for uh, introducing us and um, asking the question, uh, Miles. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank Wendy for sending through the question. Um, uh, Wendy's a good friend, and uh, I was very happy to be getting um, a question from her. So thank you, thank you again, Wendy. Um, look, Jacob is going to answer the question first, and then I'll correct him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Lamy. Um, Look, I'm all this over. I uh, didn't get much sleep thinking about it. Um, I reckon just like anything where you're being hunted nonstop, I reckon, like no time to rest, like constantly mm. having to move, like that, just that constant, just like fear, I guess, would probably be the ultimate one in my books. Why is that? Why is that? Just because like you look at, you look at, you know, any any kind of media you consume where there is an, an apocalypse scenario and... There's the little, there's the little good bits, the little glimmers of hope where the survivors are often kind of, you know, forming their own little communities and stuff like that. And just like have not having that option in a similar kind of scenario. So where you're constantly on the run, you're constantly having to move, I'd say is probably the mm. worst because it's a prolonged suffering as opposed to something quick. Hmm. It makes me think of tomorrow when the war began and when coronavirus times kind of first started, I was like pretty excited because um, like, oh, how exciting, like it's a bit like that, but it's not really because we're in a bit more of a slow burn kind of scenario here. Not that it's very apocalyptic in Australia, but 
So, Lammy, you, you said you'd um, correct your housemate here. Um, what would you do to um, fix, fix his opinion? Uh, yes, uh, it's only fitting that I do that uh, since Jacob, um, he's, he's younger than me. Um, and so, obviously, his, his lack of wisdom would be quite evident. And <coughs> are, you, are you okay? <laughs> I'm good. Okay, no worries. Well, it's it's quite fitting that you coughed actually, because that's a part of my um, I suppose the quintessential apocalyptic scenario uh, that we might mm. actually find ourselves in right now. And mm. thankfully, not only are we doing this over Zoom, but I'm also about three and a half thousand kilometers away from your cough. So, <laughs> mm. yeah. Look, uh, I think. Where I would like to start is to actually uh, provide some clarity on the question uh, because there's a, there, I suppose there's a lot of different understandings of what an apocalypse is. Is it sort of like a dystopian apocalypse or even a utopian apocalypse? And even, I suppose, uh, just end time scenario, uh, a lot of people let their minds wander in a couple it can be quite unhelpful to jump through fictitious scenarios, uh, stirring up quite a lot of fear and things like that. And I suppose it is because we let our minds wonder that we find ourselves in a difficult situation like right now, where because of COVID-19, there's a lot of irrational fear running around. And so I thought I would take this opportunity to, to ground our minds and ground our thoughts in what is, I suppose, the ideal, the platonic ideal of an apocalypse. <laughs> and so I'll be reading from Revelation 21. <laughs> <laughs> then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more and i saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and i heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the dwelling place of god is with man he will dwell with them mm -hmm. and they will be his people and god himself will be with them as their god he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And I suppose um, in reflecting on that, uh, it, is quite, it is quite sobering to read that, um, especially in the times that we find ourselves in. I suppose the ideal apocalypse scenario and so, um, Going back to correcting Jacob, um, mm. there's, there's quite a contrast, isn't there, in both our responses. See, one is up in the clouds with the fairies and one is quite grounded. Um, and if you're not a Christian listening to this, then you heard it from here first. <laughs> this is the ideal apocalypse. The ideal apocalypse is a new, new city descending from the skies. According to Andrew Lamb and... Um, I think we might leave it on that note. Yeah, we're not going to top that, I don't think. <laughs> no, that's a um, pretty um, pretty lofty vision of the apocalypse, isn't it? And uh, look, worth noting that with Andrew, it's a um, 
it, it, he's the kind of guy that you never really tell if he's taking the piss or not. Mm. Sorry, could and you please I'm just still... refrain from using cuss words? <laughs> <laughs> I will mark this episode with an E for explicit. <laughs> and uh, look, let, let, let's just move on and we'll, we'll head on to question two. Question two. And this comes in from Nick Leonard, um, gentlemen, and um, it's a bit more of a practical question in in the sense that it, it does relate, especially to, to people over in Perth, everything's so far away, so you do need to do a lot of driving. And the question is, should you have your headlights on if you're driving during the day? Again, uh, thank you very much, Nick, for sending through this question. Uh, we, we don't know you personally, but we really appreciate the question that you've asked us. Uh, I'd like to begin by correcting Miles. Uh, <laughs> Perth, not everything is so far away. Um, in fact, we find ourselves in a situation where even during peak hour traffic, if anything is further than a 10 minute drive away, it's probably not worthwhile. <laughs> mm. So, Jacob and I last night were had a brief discussion uh, regarding this question and we found ourselves at odds with each other. Um, now, Jacob knew his well, place, why didn't obviously. Well, why don't you make... Let's make your, make your positions clear, Andrew. Where do you stand and, Jacob, where do you stand? Sorry, this was a preface and thanks for interrupting. Uh, Jacob, where do you stand? <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon not needed unless it's overcast or cloudy. And I, I think it's a good idea, but the condition hmm. is that... It's country driving. So... Isn't everything in Perth country driving? (laughs) Sorry? (laughs) Isn't all driving in Perth country driving? Ah, yes. Common misconception. That's... um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Thank you for not only uh, bringing that up. I was was expecting a comment like that. uh, But also it does highlight the ignorance of big city folk. (laughs) Uh, The naivety of... Um, such people Uh, if you're from Sydney I've lived there for two years and um, you're not that great (laughs) (laughs) you got a real kick out of saying that didn't you (laughs) sorry I don't don't mean that now uh, look uh, country driving especially if you're driving on roads that require you to drive at speeds of upwards of 80 kilometers per hour and on average about 110 kilometers per hour it's probably wise Mm. to have your headlights on even though it's during the day Uh, now speaking from personal experience um, a lot of people worry when I drive Uh, and a lot of this (laughs) this worry is unsubstantiated because they haven't personally (laughs) seen me drive but if you don't if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what I look like uh, my voice doesn't give it away I'm actually Asian um (laughs) (laughs) and when i get in the car people worry and so there's something about putting the headlights on that puts people at ease (laughs) and for that reason i am for putting your headlights on when you're driving especially in the racist countryside is that then a bit is there a bit of a racial component to it so maybe white people it's less of an issue um, but if you're Asian, headlights 24-7. Yeah, see, racism is a big issue. And so I would, uh, I would call <laughs> Caucasians Caucasians. Um, 
yeah, it's 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 definitely an issue. I mean, like, ne- like we see news reports of Asians being discriminated against, especially during this difficult period um, of the COVID nineteen mm. virus. Jacob, I think now's the time for you to state your case. Why why is driving with the headlights unnecessary during the day? He's wrong, by the way. I mean, just like really it's down to driver preference if you feel it's if you're if you're like lambing you feel you want to put everyone else at ease and you want to be safer then put your headlights on Mm. by all means i don't think it's completely necessary though um i I reckon when it's overcast when it's cloudy or uh you know any other times like that where visibility is low go for it you know parking garages and stuff like that as well um send it but kind of rest of the time it's really just your preference i reckon mm. all right well we've heard the two cases and um personally i'm a i'm a no no lighter kern how about yourself yeah i think that's the same for me don't see much need for it unless you're mm. uh unless it's the cheeky kind of quick on and off just to let someone else know they're being a tool uh, i think that's the only yeah. use for me during the day oh, yeah, that's fair. well the other thing is that the dash the dash actually turns down its brightness when you turn the lights on so you can't see what speed you're going at so actually it's less safe because it's harder to tell what speed you're going at when you put your lights on during the day i'm sorry can i please but that'll do us i have no we're gonna we're we're gonna move on (laughs) (laughs) because i can see you pulling out a bible and i'm not gonna (laughs) allow the bible to inform us on (laughs) that is an appeal during the day if i've ever seen one all right question three gentlemen Question three. When there are two people left in a game of... Firstly, is it Uno or Uno? Just shout out, Uno or Uno? It's Uno. Uno. Sorry, I thought we were being asked three questions, not four. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In a game of Uno... Yeah, it's Uno. Yeah. Okay, all right, we're all agreed. In a game of Uno and there's two people left and a reverse card is played, who does it reverse to? And this one comes in from Emerson Brumby. Do you want to thank Emerson for her question? No, I think it's only right you do it. Okay, no worries. Well, Emerson, thank you very much for the question that you've put through. Uh, I do apologise because I'm going to go back to the second question because uh, Miles and uh, Kony didn't let me state my points. Uh, It'll be very quick. Two things to address both the things that they said. Uh, I'm going to play this bit at 180% speed, by the way. That's not... No, no, no. Take it away. I'll speed up. I'll speed up the... uh, my um, pace. Mm. Okay, to address sure the first will. point that uh, Kearney uh, raised, Romans 13 says that you should all obey all authorities, uh, laws and whatnot, because it's under God. And so uh, I would like to say that it's actually illegal to flash your headlights to, to alert people to the fact that there may be police or a speed camera ahead. So there's that point. The second point that you brought up, Miles, was that uh, actually turning on the headlights dims the dashboard. Now, if you drive a brand new BMW like I do, you can actually change the setting so that it doesn't actually do that. So, okay. Man, right. Can I quickly respond before we move mm. on? Very quickly. Um, no, there's sorry. a bit of a tradition. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going yeah, to. Do it, uh, uh, there's a bit of a tradition on big questions. Uh, if you're accusing someone of, uh, of uh, breaking the law, the tradition on big questions is that you actually bring in the legal document that you're referring to. Simon Hill kind of coined this. So in future, if you're going to come back on the show, 
uh, please bring the proper documentation. Okay, according to the 1978 Act of uh, Driving Offences, Section 16, Subsection 3C, uh, it is actually illegal to uh, flash your headlights to alert drivers. Uh, you can check that up. Thank you. Look, we'll leave that as a, a, a listener exercise, but for now, can we get back to the question from Emerson, which is, who does the Uno card reverse to? <laughs> Jacob yeah, again, is the uh, game aficionado here, so I'll actually let him take the lead oh, on this far, one. Uh, I have no clue. Um, <laughs> I guess, wouldn't hmm. it just reverse the order? Like, like, if you're going left to right, but there's only kind of two people playing, so I don't think it matters. <laughs> So, so yeah, but as in, just play so if, if if I play a reverse card, does that mean that nothing happens in that? Because it's going like, say, going around this like clockwise, it's still going me the other person, me the other person, and then I play a reverse card, and it gets to me, and it just goes back anti-clockwise, but it's still just the other person's turn. Or does it count as a skip? I think that's the uh, the heart of the question. Oh, I do apologise for Jacob. Um, <laughs> we, we didn't actually discuss this question, but uh, I'll weigh in on this. Look, uh, this would have been helpful if we had a video recording of this podcast, but for obvious reasons, we don't. Look, if you can just close your eyes and imagine two players sitting opposite each other. Now, draw a arrow moving from the person closest to you going in a circular clockwise direction to the person in front of you and then draw another one back to yourself. If the former person was to play said reverse card, it would go clockwise to the other person and it would only make sense that it goes anti-clockwise back to yourself. And so it actually acts as a skip card mm. or even perhaps uh, you sit completely adjacent to each other. I don't know why people would play Uno like that, but um, let's say you find yourself sitting next to each other <laughs> facing a wall or something. Same deal. There's an arrow that goes from left to right and right to left. If you were to play the reverse card, you'd be moving from left to right and then back right to left. So the, mm. the, the mere suggestion that the reverse card is redundant in a two-player game of Uno... Uh, where it doesn't act as a skip card is just a, a complete farce. I actually disagree with you on this one. <laughs> well, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't reckon because it's not because it just so the person who had gone before you just gets to go again if you have more than two people if you have more than two people playing it's just their turn again. So mm. so then it's just the other player's turn again. And it doesn't not act for anything because that's still a card out of your hand that you get to play. It's more options for you. So I actually, I, I, I don't disagree with you on many things, Lammy, but I certainly disagree with you on this one. Because, I mean, I'm going to say, I think by the letter of the law, you're probably right, Jacob. But I, I reckon the spirit of the law when it comes to reverse cards in a two-player game is that it should act as a skip. It shouldn't be redundant. As Andrew says, it's it's kind of a fast to suggest it's redundant. But I, I think that by the letter of the law, because, yes, the person who played before you goes next, right? Mm. So I think this might be one of those spirit letter of the law kind of divides. Who even is uh, anyway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good people of big questions. 
Um, look, and on that offensive note, I think we'll call it a day um, <laughs> with with the two boys from Perth. It's um it's been an interesting experience from my point of view, Kern. I don't know how you found it. Yeah, I just think it's funny that Andrew was worried whether we'd fill fifteen minutes, and uh, he definitely hasn't struggled to to fill up his time. So that's pretty no, good to he, see. I mean, that's the nature of most preachers. So um, <laughs> that's how that's how it goes, I guess. And uh, look, on that note, I think we'll call it a day, and we'll see you next time. Uh, thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for coming Rob. on, guys. Very much looking forward to next time. <laughs> Thanks for tolerating mm. us. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. See ya. See ya.